Today I'm going to preach about a certain part in the human body. This part never stops working. Uh, even when you are asleep, it still works. And uh, it's in this part that I'm referring to is the only muscle in your body that actually uh, works without the support of the skeleton. And uh, it consists actually out of eight muscles, and it's maybe one of the strongest uh, muscles in your body. So I'm referring to the tongue. Uh, quite interesting, right? And um, so you may, not, you may know where to turn to, and that's James 3, James chapter 3. While you are turning there, I would just like to read a few, com uh, a few quotes regarding the tongue. Uh, there's obviously a lot. Um, this one says, It is better to bite your tongue than to eat your words. The next one, The fruit of the lips is proof of the root condition of the heart. And then there is nothing that so much gratifies an ill tongue as when it finds an angry heart. So you have your Bibles open at James 3. Let's start there from verse 1. It says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and the things in sea is tamed and have been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. So today the sermon I would like to preach is called Taming the Untamable. Taming the Untamable. But before we carry on, let's just have a word of prayer. Lord, thank you again for this opportunity, Lord. Thank you that we can all be uh, safe. Thank you that we can open our Bibles and read your words. Lord, we know spoken words are very important to you. You spoke everything into existence. Lord, and may we get something out of this sermon and live better than we came, Lord. I ask in your name alone. Amen. All right, so the, the title, term, uh, Taming the Untamable. So it sounds contradictive because uh, taming, so we need to tame something, but the untamable, it can't be tamed. So why, why even try to do it? Um, it is like that the saying that says, practice makes perfect, but nobody's perfect, so why practice? <laughs> so uh, is it possible? Is it actually possible to tame the tongue, to tame the untamable? We know it is a, it's an important topic because Jesus himself said in Matthew 12 that every idle word that men shall speak, 
they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. So if, and your phone these days actually picks up every word that you say, right? So Jesus is definitely better and more advanced than an iPhone or a Samsung. So he also picks up every, every word that you speak, and it's important to him as well. So, and another thing is everybody, doesn't matter your occupation or what you do, we talk every day. That is uh, the, the um, communication method that we use most of the time. So it's, a, it's an important thing to what, what do we need to do with our mouths and with our tongues? What does the Bible have to say about it? And especially the past few weeks, uh, when most of us were on vacation, we had some time with family, and uh, you know, it's very tempted to speak evil and to gossip and to say a lot of things that you now think, oh, I shouldn't say that, because your family knows you the best. They know what topics to bring up. They know what triggers uh, they, or strings to pull to get certain um, reaction from you. So the temptation of speaking evil and not controlling the tongue is very easy, or it's, it's, it's definitely there. So may 22, 23 be, uh, be different this year, perhaps. So we'll have a look at a few elements of how we can tame the tongue, how we can tame the untamable. The basic three questions that we will address is, what is the untamable? We already mentioned it is a tongue, but we'll have a look at it again. Why do we need to tame it, and how? How do we tame it? So that brings me to my first point, and that is that the tongue, or the untamable thing, which is the tongue, is tiny. It's very tiny, but it boasts of great things. You see, we put bits in horses' mouths. Now, uh, more or less, a bit is maybe 900 grams, and a horse perhaps 450, just on average, kilograms. So it's about 0.2% of the whole body of the horse that's actually the bit. So, and it can turn the horse wherever you would like. So it's very small, it's tiny. It controls the speed and the direction of the horse. So your tongue determines what you say and how you say it. And we all know the, the saying that says some people are attractive until they open their mouths. And unfortunately, that's the truth with a lot of people. Um, and yeah, and me, anybody can be guilty of this, this thing. And we also read that the ships, it's turned with a tiny helm. So I find it interesting, uh, in tennis, there was a guy named Andre Agassi. Most of you, a few of you, I think, know him. He played, um, he was a good player, and he played against Boris Becker. And Boris Becker was a good server, uh, or, or a good player, but his serve was very good. And the first three games they played, um, Andre Agassi lost all three. And he decided, they must, I must crack this guy's code. There must be some way I can beat him. So he actually studied, he looked at all the videos and, uh, of, of, of uh, Boris, and he realized that when he serves, just before he serves, he's actually sticking out his tongue, especially when it comes to a match point or so. If it's in the middle, he's, he's going to serve straight. If it's in the side, he's going to go to the side. So Agassi, every time, he just read that, and you can look at the videos and everything. It's quite interesting. Uh, he said the, the hardest part was not knowing where he's going to serve. The hardest part was manipulating that. Because otherwise, if he gets it every time right, maybe Boris will uh, know what he's up to. But he went, uh, Boris went home, and every time he, he told his wife, oh, he's like, this guy's reading my mind. Every time he knows exactly where I'm going to uh, uh, serve. And it helped, because the next 11 games... He won, Agassi actually won 10 of, uh, of that 11 games. So it, it definitely helped. 
So you see, the, the power was there, the technique was there of Boris, but the direction was, was determined with his tongue. So the same with us. We might have a lot of things inside, motivations, content in our heart that we want to say, but the direction of what we're going to say and how we're going to say it is obviously determined by the tongue. Just like the ship, the ship has wind that obviously uh, is the, the uh, power behind it. Um, okay, these days we have engines and everything, just like a car, engines. That is there, but the steering wheel, the helm, is the thing that determines where you're going to go. And it's interesting to me, the whole thing about Titanic. Now there's a lot of conspiracy theories and everything, but there was a book in September 2010 that came out with the title Good as Gold. And they mentioned in that book that the, one of the reasons the Titanic actually made uh, or, or sank was the fact that it made the wrong turn. And it's quite interesting to have a look. Like I said, you can go and have a look on YouTube. There's a lot of people that uh, go into depth with that. But it's interesting to me that just that small little part just made the wrong turn, and now we have movies and everything about it. <laughs> so the, the tongue indeed wags either way that you wave it, as one saying says. And we also know that it's a tiny fire. A tiny fire can have a big impact. Um, the, the passage that we just read says, it's a world of iniquity. Greater matter, a little fire kindleth. You see, dead, dry material or fuel is one of the three elements of to actually start a fire. You need three things. That is one of it. And Proverbs 26 says, where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceaseth. As coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. So wood, dry things, wood, hay, stubble, that we read in Corinthians. That is dry things. Now, I'm all for dry jokes, so now and then, but uh, this thing is not supposed to be dry. You see, it's the, it's the start of a fire, your old tongue and, and your lips. So there's no fountain of life present if, you're, if you have a dry tongue, if you're going to say it like that. And it's interesting to me, your tongue, you can, can't actually taste anything when you don't have saliva. It needs to be wet, if you can say it like that. Then you can taste. So maybe some of us, we have such a dry mouth that we can't even taste our words. We don't know if it's good or bad. We just go. And so may we find that water that we desperately need in order to actually taste what we are saying. You see, verse 6 says that the tongue is a fire. Now, we, it's a destructive fire. We can, it, it can be a destructive result. Proverbs 16, verse 27 says, An ungodly man diggeth up evil, and in his lips there is as a burning fire. So, this whole thing is like a fire. In California in 2018, July, there was a massive wildfire, maybe one of the greatest or the biggest in human history. It burned down 166,000 hectares of, of um, land. Um, they call it the ranch fire. And if you read up on it, some of them say it actually started with one man hammering a metal stake into the ground. Just something so small. Just one spark. And yeah, a lot of, lot of land was gone. So you see, our tongue, like the passage says, is a world of wickedness. It, it corrupts the whole body. It is set on fire by hell. One preacher said it like this, a bad tongue is the organ of the devil. 
And I think there's, there's truth in that. But it's destructive, as we just heard, but it can also be constructive. I mean, uh, we all know that any, every good gift from God or every good gift that God creates, Satan perverts. That's just how it is. So something that we need that is good fire, because we know now this is a fire, is we are in South Africa, so you can't bribe without the fire. So fire is good. Fire can be good. And we need fire to actually lit uh, coals in, in order to get electricity. <coughs> so, and we need cold, right? Uh, or when we are cold, we can set a fire and we are done. Or not done, but at least we feel warm. So we should use our words and our mouth rather to warm people and, uh, and destroy lies and actually edify people around us and not burn them down. That, which leads me to my, to my second point. The first one, the, the untamable thing, which is the tongue, is tiny. And then my second point, we need to get it tidy. Because it says here that it defileth the whole body. We need to get our, our whole life, our whole body, tidy, clean. Defileth, it just means to, it's like a spot, a stain. Some other places in the New Testament um, translated as spotted and spot and spot. So it's just filth, if you can say it like that. Jesus said in Matthew 15 that not that which goeth into a man defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. So you see, then in verse 2 where it says, For in many things we offend all, if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. So we need to be a perfect man. Perfect, complete. We need to be a complete man. So we need to get everything tidy, our whole body, all three parts. We need to tidy up it. We need to clean it up. The first, your flesh. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Now, why life? Why is life in the power of the tongue? Well, on a practical note, think of a jury or a judge. They, when they can cause a person to be killed or to actually live. A doctor that advises surgery. Or a weatherman that issues a tornado um, warning. Or maybe a counselor that gives uh, counsel to a societal person. That actually is, is life. Death, as the Bible says. What about, think of it, especially in the age we are living now, how many murders were there that is a result of arguments or verbalized hatred? That's uh, with the whole gender violence and everything that's going on. So you see, your words, your mouth, your tongue actually causes action. So that's why we need to keep it tidy. It's also when it comes to health. Proverbs, I find it interesting. Proverbs 12 verse 18 says, there is that speaketh like the piercing of the sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. And um, not long ago I spoke to a medical doctor. It was actually interesting to me. Um, we spoke and he said, if your skin, every month or two months, your skin renews itself basically. Um, why does, like, if, let's say you have a cancer on, on your skin, why doesn't it go away? And, I've, and so he said, that's something that they don't quite understand fully, is the fact that all of your organs and everything, every now and then it actually renews itself. But why does that sickness or illness remain there? And I thought to myself, well, 
you don't have to go far in your Bible to actually know the answer. Because he says, if we can first know why and then get a solution, we can be a billionaire. And I thought to myself, well, like I said, early in the Bible, sin. Sin is the problem. And the solution, Jesus. So now I'm just waiting for the money to come in. (laughs) But (laughs) I don't think they're going to listen to me. You see, um, but it's interesting. I don't say every sickness and every illness, but like this passage said, is the file of the whole body. Maybe a lot of our weaknesses or illness or sickness, we can trace back to our mouth, that we, we actually defiled our own body. You see, when it comes to the spirit as well, so the flesh, definitely. The spirit, Proverbs 15, says that a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. And Proverbs 10 verse 11 says, The mouth of a righteous man is the well of life, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. And 1 Peter 3.10 says, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. And then to complete that perfect man, that complete man, we need the soul as well. Proverbs 21 verse 23 says, Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. So you see, a complete man, everything starts here, basically. We ought not to trick ourselves, trick our own hearts. Just a few pages to the left in James 1 verse 26. You can turn there if you would like. James 1 verse 26. It says, If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, This man's religion is vain. So we ought not to deceive, trick our own heart. How do you trick your heart? You are misleading your heart, basically. You you, you think you believe something, but you say something else. Or the other way around. So you see, we need to be true to ourselves. We need to live in truth. Everybody around us, we need to live in truth. That is the way, I think, one of the ways you actually show somebody that you, you love them. And we cannot jipper the system. This system, from the heart to the mouth to God, we can't jipper that system. Um, and believe me, I've tried that. And uh, there's a lot of ways you can jippo worldly systems. Um, you see that you can, you, you can just watch God Blanche, all that stories going on there and just around you. Um, so easy to jippo systems, but the system of God, you can't jippo. It's, uh, it's, yeah, you can't jippo that. You see, we are misguiding, we are misleading our own hearts when we don't have a good tongue, a tameable, a, a tongue that's tamed. It's just like that small helm or the bit. It misleads the whole body, the whole ship. Verse 9 until verse 12 in, in uh, James 3, I, can, I would say you can sum it up as two-faced. Don't be two-faced. Um, and just, this is just a side note. Then in verse 9 at the end where it says, uh, And therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Why not using the word after the image of God? Because the image is broken. The image in the beginning that God created Adam is broken. That's why you need to be born again. You need to restore that image. So that, like I said, is just a side note. You see, double standards is, is not supposed to be there. In, in that last passage, in, or last part of the passage, Blessing God and curse men, blessings and cursings, uh, the fountain that has sweet water and bitter water, uh, fig tree bearing olives, 
uh, vine tree figs and fountain that have salt and fresh water. It's double standards. You can't, do, you can't have the one thing and say the other thing or believe the one thing and say the other thing. Um, and it's interesting to me, recently I've heard a story, it's uh, very practically. Uh, let's say you are walking down the aisle or wherever and you have a cup of coffee and you, are, you stumble and you, you uh, spill that coffee. What you've spilled was coffee. Right? If you walk with tea and you spill it, you spill tea. So what's, what's ever inside of the cup, you spill. So what's ever inside of your cup, you spill when things are getting tough or when you stumble. And uh, that is exactly what the Bible also tells us. And while we are on that spillage, um, let's say you have a beautiful white shirt on and you spill coffee and just one side is filthy, the other side is clean. We all will consider that T-shirt or that, uh, that, that um, you know, T-shirt to be filthy. Maybe if you are a student or a bachelor, you will still use it for two days or so. <laughs> no, just let it dry. and then. But it's filthy, right? And there's another saying that says, let, let, let's say everything that you speak comes on your skin. Um, will you still be that beautiful that you think you are? Um, and I want to use that example and ask, let, now you say, no, no, but I, most of the times I don't speak evil and bad things. So let's say a half of your body is filthy. I, you will still consider your whole body to be filthy. Not, not just, oh, I'm semi-filthy and semi-good. The whole thing is, is filthy. So you see, we, we, are, we are supposed to get our whole body tidy, clean. We are not supposed to be double tongue like Judas pray spiritual things but our heart is not in it then my third point I want to say is we how do we do it how do we tame the tongue the, the tongue the untamable we do that by always remembering that you remain the trainee you remain the trainee you need to obey your horsemen we read the, about the bridle and I want to read this quote as well it says the true test of a man's spirituality is not his ability to speak, but rather his ability to bridle his tongue. Because Psalms 39 verse 1 says, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle. The bridle is the communication mechanism between the horse and the rider. We are human beings. We need to communicate. That's just how God created us. Um, Basically, everything is resolving about or uh, around communication. So we need to communicate. We need to communicate with God as well. So that mechanism, the, the bridle, we should have it. We should have it on. We need to submit. Sometimes it might hurt, that little piece. But it's better to hurt that or get that sore, that little piece, rather than everybody and everything around you. Just like the horse. And... Obviously, there's some people that misuse the, the bits and the horse gets very hurt, but God won't do that. He, will, he knows exactly how and what bit you need to, to use. And another thing, when it comes to the bridle, it actually only works when the rider pulls it back. You see, Jesus needs to pull it back. Jesus needs to pull you sometimes back and say, listen, yeah, that wasn't right. You need to think of this and that. We read there in, um, where's that verse now? In verse 4 at the end. 
turn about with a very small helm, the ships, where is ever the governor listeth. Right, the governor, we ought not to act all high and mighty because tomorrow we may fall down on our face. If you heard the song recently. You see, the governor, the trainer, which is Jesus, he is supposed to be in control. You need to submit to him. It's actually interesting to me as well with, when it comes to um, the tongue. The tongue can actually get fat. I never knew it. <laughs> it can get fat. So you need to exercise it. Um, there's a lot of uh, medical conditions. Let's say you, have, you had a stroke and you are struggling to swallow. They actually, you need to go through some uh, tongue exercises to help you swallow. So I find it interesting because that means we ought to swallow our pride and actually submit to God. We need to exercise our tongue. You see, God won't lead you astray when he is the governor, when he is the rider. He won't lead you astray. There's a story that I find interesting. Um, it was an uh, Olympic athlete. It was a Dutchman, Sven Kramer. At the Winter Olympics in 2010 in Vancouver, he was a speed skater. So when spe when, with speed skating, there's two lanes on the track, and you go the first lap inside, second lap outside, third lap inside, inside, outside the whole time. And obviously, when you miss that, then you are disqualified. And your coaches can actually be there on the track with you. There's videos and everything. You can go and have a look on it on YouTube. And this guy, I think, I believe it was the eighth um, lap, he was in the inside on the seventh, so the eighth lap, uh, he needed to go on the outside. So you can see on the video, he actually goes to the outside, but his coach tell him, no, it's the inside. So he, being the athlete, and his um, coach being the coach, he, he listened to his coach, so he go to the inside, and he won, and he broke a record, but he was disqualified. So, and he was actually the favorite, obviously, to, to win that uh, that time. You see, God is not like that. God is not like that coach who will lead you astray. There's a saying that says, God writes with a pen that never blots, speaks with a tongue that never slips, and acts with a hand that never fails. And that is true. So we know we are in good hands. Our rider actually does know how to ride the horse and how to use the bridle and everything. You see, it's untamable. The tongue no man can tame. Taming is just basically controlling, and we know it's one of the fruit of the spirits, of the spirit, sorry. But here's the thing, okay, if no man can tame it, then somebody or something that's not a man, we need that, that being or that thing to help us tame it. But that thing or that being should also be able to know the temptations of having a tongue. And I can only think of one person, and that's Jesus. So divine help is indeed needed. Uh, we tame animals, like this passage also said, to make it domestic, to, to have it as a pet. But it's still wild. Any, any wild animal will remain wild. There's a lot of stories um, where people try to tame uh, a wild animal and it, it backfired. Uh, there was, I think it was 2011, if I'm not mistaken, and actually not far away from here, in Clarksdorp, if I'm not mistaken, Marius Els, he, he rescued a um, hippo in a certain river when the, when the river flooded, and in 2005, I think, in six years later, he, 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 he raised that hippo to be like his dog or his, his, his pet, and that hippo actually dragged him into the same river and killed him. 
So you see, and the, uh, uh, another famous story is that chimpanzee, Travis was his name. I'm sure a lot of you know that. If you don't, you can go and have a look. It's horrifying to know what that chimp d did to, to that one lady. It's because they thought they can tame it completely. Same with our tongue. We are not naturally inclined to speak the things of God. Animals don't tame themselves and think, okay, we, the, the outside... The outside source is needed. And it's not just a once-off thing. You don't just think, okay, today is Sunday, so I didn't, at the end of tonight, maybe you, you say, oh, I, did, I didn't speak anything bad. Uh, all that proceeded out of my mouth was good things, uh, things contain, um, about God. And then you think, okay, I'm fine. It doesn't work like that. It's a continuous thing. You remain the, train, the trainee. You're not sometimes, you, you he's the coach. You remain the trainee. Knee. You see, the question might come up, okay, but do I need Jesus at all? Because I know a lot of people that is, they are not born-again Christians, but they, they speak as if they have tamed their tongue. So do we actually need Jesus? Well, those people that speak as if they, have, they did actually tame the tongue, it won't last forever. That, that stumbling block will come. And they will fail. Some of the people maybe just speak uh, pleasant words and nothing bad. And there's a, it's lovely to hear people like that. Uh, but uh, n if they are not saved, they won't ever speak about Jesus. They won't speak about Him. While many people have quit smoking and drinking with the willpower of man, the problem with the heart and the tongue can't be solved with human willpower. It's impossible. Now you might think, okay, but let me just stay neutral. But if you remain neutral, you won't ever speak the things of God. You won't ever get that precious stones, gold and silver that you ought to, to get. There's another song. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, songs can speak to you, um, especially when it's children's songs. You, you are like, okay, it's, it's supposed to be for children, but it speaks to my heart. <laughs> And I like that. And we are in the phase of just listening to children's songs now. So I, I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. So practical. So, e so easy and understandable. But there's one song uh, speaking about the tongue. It, it asks you, um, you need to tame it and you need to have control of it. And then the, the, in the lyrics it asks, but doesn't Jesus live inside of you? And like the question is, yes, he does. And then, okay, but then speak the way Jesus should. So... Uh, I always, yeah, every time when I get to that part, I'm like, yeah, he does. You can't say no. If you, uh, if you say no, then you're not born again. So you need to say yes, but if you say yes, it's like a catch-22. Jesus inside of you, if you, if you claim it, you are born again, he lives inside of you. Now speak like he does. So that brings me to my closing, that our tongue, maybe some practical ways that we can uh, try to tame it. Um, Jan de Vede has a song where he says, you need to hold your tongue with your two fingers. So maybe we can give that a try. Maybe next time you want to say something bad, say, I don't like the way you look at me, you need to say, I don't like the way you look at me. <laughs> I think that will be interesting. We're all walking around. Then you know that guy is, is, uh, is actually a Christian. <laughs> so maybe that should be the, our symbol here in Bible Baptist. Like <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> you see the bits. Um, 
there's different kinds of bits. I'm not a horse rider. I don't, I've just looked it up. There's, a, there's different kinds of bits. Some of them makes the horse very short. Something that like, goes like this. So maybe you need to find out with Jesus um, what bit you need to use. You need to use a bit. Just find out which one. Or maybe we should get back to our wheelhouse and talk to Jesus. Where he wants us to go. He's the one in control. Use your tongue for the good part of the fire. The good thing that you can do with fire. And that is to warm people, to edify them like we've mentioned. What about this? Try to pray the next time you want to gossip about somebody. Pray, pray for that person. <clears throat> and I, I really mean it. Um, it's, it's, I, I think it's impossible if you, want to, if you are on the verge of saying something bad about somebody and just make a quick prayer. Say, Lord, I know this guy that I'm going to talk about now in a moment is not saved or he struggles with the walk. He, he, there's a certain aspect in his Christian life that he's not getting right. Help me to minister to him. And try, after that pray, try to say bad things about that guy. It's impossible. We, not, we need to praise God with our mouths. We need to give his breath back because we owe him. You see, a rejoicing heart soon makes a praising tongue. We cannot have a high appreciation of Jesus and a total silent tongue about him. And I think that is, unfortunately, a lot of um, Christians situation currently. Maybe use your tongue, your words, to preach the gospel or, or share your walk with God with other people, especially your family. And fathers, especially you with your children. <clears throat> There's one saying, and uh, it struck my heart very hard. It says, when fathers are tongue-tied religiously with their offspring, need they wonder if their children's hearts remain sin-tied. And that's true. You see, we know Jesus said that by thy words thou shalt be justified and condemned. So it's definitely, it's a fact. We need to have a look at it. The tongue under control is one of the marks that you actually have the Spirit. And the Spirit is working in you with His power. So, in the end, can we tame the untamable? Yes, we can tame the untamable. How? Well, you need to know that it's tiny, but it can have great, great things, great results, but it's tiny. You need to control it, tame it, to get your life tidy. And you always need to remember, how do you do it? You remain the trainee. Now, all of these tips are good if we actually use it, if we're actually going to do something about it. Just like James, we are in the book of James, in one, uh, James 1 verse 22, it says, be doers of the word, and not yours only. Maybe you're not even saved today. Jesus is the one that can tame the untamable. He's also the one that can save the unsavable. Maybe you think you're unsavable, but you can be saved, not with your own power. Like, you can't tame the tongue with your own power. You need Jesus. Because heaven finds an ear when sinners find a tongue. I can, can I please ask you to all stand?
I thought that was very good. Very good. <laughs> I had to put that in there. That, that was good, wasn't it? Man, that was outstanding. I, I, I got fed. That helped me. That ministered to me. I just want to ask you before we pray and we'll have some fellowship, just, just think back this week. I know we are coming out of a vacation period, and I don't know really why that should affect the way we use our tongues. Sometimes it does. We just relax to the point of crossing over some important lines. But how much have you talked about God this past week? Just to anyone. Jesus said it like this, that which you have heard in the darkness speak in the light. You know, a real good thing to do, and he kind of touched on it, go in the prayer closet and hear what God has to say in the darkness of the prayer closet and then come out talking about that. You, you start off putting him in control of the tongue, you'd be surprised just because it is a powerful instrument, but under his control, take you places you never thought you'd go. But that was great. That was great. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. You've spoken to our hearts. And Lord, when it comes to taming this untamable part, we, we turn it over to you. We want to submit our tongues to you. It is a powerful tool. And therefore, Lord, we want to take our hands off of it and let you be in complete control. Guide us as we go into this, the next part of our service. Everything that is said, prayed, sung, preached, might it be pleasing to your ears and edifying to your people. Lord, thank you for this great reminder, this admonition now to be careful with our tongues. And we ask and thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen.